Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is the best dentist I've ever gone to. He's been my only dentist for the last 26 years. That's the reason. He's just the best. A culture of excellence at Today's Dentistry is second to none. Give them a call. Become their next new patient. 317-849-2933. Let's get rid of the unpleasantness right away. Utah wins over the Pacers by 30 last night. The Pacers, absolutely horrible. But look, it was the second night of a back-to-back on a West Coast trip where both games were at altitude. That is a recipe for disaster, and a disaster is what they had. But you know what? It only counts as one loss. Last night, Miles Turner and Aaron Holiday shared the high-scoring lead for the Pacers with 12 points each. Yikes. The night before, uh, you had uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Domas Sabonis and TJ Warren all score 22 points. Last night, and that was against the Nuggets, right, on Sunday night. Last night against the Jazz, they combined to score 19 points. Are you kidding me? Good heavens, this thing was terrible out of the gate. The Pacers lost every quarter by at least five points. All right, tonight, Butler-Villanova. That game is at Villanova, 7 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Villanova's 14-3. They have great depth. They've got Colin Gillespie and Sadiq Bey. They are undefeated at home. They're really, really young. Two freshmen, a sophomore, two juniors, and they are exceptionally well coached. Jay Wright, one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. Laval Jordan trying to carve out his niche at Butler. We'll see what happens tonight. I don't have a great feeling. This is not a game where I would have said, you know what, Butler's going to win this thing. It, Butler is going to win a lot of games, and, and they're going to have to win at Henkel in the Big East. You, you can't allow anybody but Seton Hall to beat you at Henkel. That game is, that hay's already in the barn, right? On the road, you hope to kind of go whatever, four, four and five, five and four. And if you do that and you hold court at home, you got a chance for 13 or 14 or 15 conference wins. You do that, 
you're uh, either going to win the conference or you're going to be second in the conference. Either way, you're going to wind up going to the NCAA tournament. Villanova, they've figured it out. They've gotten really good recently, or at least a little bit better recently. Also tonight, you've got Purdue and Illinois at Mackey Arena. That game's 7 o'clock on ESPNU. Purdue's 10-8, and eight, Illinois is 13-5. Uh, the Boilers, they're slow, and they don't shoot it well. They are, boy, they're plotting in the way they run their offense. Their offensive possessions last a long time. Now, that's both good and bad. It takes them a long time to find a good shot, but it means that opponents have to play defense for a long time against them. That's not a bad thing. Illinois has won four in a row. The first of those four was a 63-37 beatdown of Purdue in Champaign at the other Assembly Hall. Uh, Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. My God Almighty, could they just stick a stake in this thing and be done with it? I hate the Pro Bowl. I know it's kind of a celebration. It's really fun for Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson and uh, Jack Doyle and and guys who go to the Pro Bowl and they get to play a little bit of football while, you know, being lavished with gifts and great food and drink and fun. And so it's a good time. It's a party. I get it. There's no reason for it to be televised, though, because who the hell wants to watch this thing? Who cares who wins the Pro Bowl? Who cares who's playing against each other? They don't even do the AFC against the NFC anymore. I don't think. I think they got guys who just pick them up. That's craziness. Uh, There are going to be two rule changes for the Pro Bowl. You've got options after a successful uh, field goal or uh, touchdown. You've got uh, the scoring team. They can uh, they can give the ball the ball to the opposing team at their own twenty five, just like it, like it's a touchback. Or they can take possession of the ball at their own twenty five and run a play, one play where if they get fifteen or more yards, they keep possession of the ball. So this is like the alternative to an onside kick. All right, I, who cares? The other. Here's the other rule change for the Pro Bowl. Uh, This is about flinching by a flexed receiver. If a flexed eligible receiver in a two-point stance who flinches or picks up one foot as long as the other foot remains partially on the ground and he resets for one second prior to the snap, a receiver who fits this description is not considered to be in motion for purposes of the illegal shift rules. All right, here's the problem with the NFL. And this problem exists in other things, too, uh, notably in NASCAR. Now they run like races in parts, right? So if you win this part of the race, you get X number of points. If you win that part of the race, you get those number of points. It's so It used to be the height of simplicity NASCAR was, where, you know what? You run 160 laps, and the first car to complete the 160 laps or 200 laps or however many laps there are, you won the race. And then because of that, you won so many points toward a series championship. Okay, that's fine. But when you run a race in stages, people like people are drinking Bush Light or Natty Light up in the stands. Who's keeping track of all this stuff? Who even cares to, for God's sake? With football, my heavens, the rules for pass interference, what makes a catch a catch? When all of a sudden you have to define with specificity and with long-winded specificity, what a catch is, your sport has gotten too convoluted. It is too complicated. Basketball, what's a charge? 
What's a block? You know what? They ought to eliminate the whole thing. I thought my kid was nuts. My son has said for years, you got to get rid of the charge block calls. What good do they do? Or at least get rid of the charge, right? Get rid of it. Never call a charge. If, if a guy gets in the way and he's got good defensive position, the penalty against the offensive player is big enough, right? Because you're going to crash into the guy. It's going to cause the ball to be jostled. And the hell with it. What we've got now is we've got guys slipping underneath. You've got the uh, protected area in the lane. They want the protected area, some people, to be extended throughout the uh, entirety of the paint. What are we doing? Now, I grant you that basketball is way too contact-oriented. The game's now being played. I heard Dan Dockage say this today. He was talking to the great friend Frischilla about college basketball rules and about how this thing works, this game works. And he said that at Indiana in the 80s, this is pre-shot clock, by the way, one of the goals for the Indiana Hoosiers was to hold an opponent under 65 points. There are not a lot of teams scoring 65 points. Indiana got beat last week by Rutgers 59-50. to We saw Illinois, and we just talked about this game, Illinois-Purdue, uh, what, a week and a half ago, a week ago Sunday, where Purdue got beat 63-37. to Nobody scored 65 points. And that's because there's just too much. The defenses have too big an advantage in the game. So what the result has been for that is to implement a shot clock, right, to uh, implement the three-point shot. Now they've extended the three-point shot, trying to create more space underneath. And what you've got are a bunch of rules that don't suit the game and that are very, very difficult to explain, right? If somebody asks you, what is a charge? What do you tell them? If somebody says, what's a block? What do you tell them? You got a shot clock. You got the protected area. You got all this stuff, right? You just want a clean, fun game. With football, why in the world would you change an illegal motion call like this for a receiver who picks up a foot or flinches at some point? What what problem are you trying to solve other than making the game too damn complicated for fans to even begin to understand? What was that called, Daddy? Yeah, I don't know. That's what happens as you watch football games with your kid. Basketball games. Why is that a charge, Daddy? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Let's, uh, you know. let's cook some popcorn and, uh, and watch SpongeBob. I don't know. You know, that, Daddy, why are those people celebrating in the middle of the race? Well, they just won their stage, and that means they've got five points toward the blah, 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 blah. Make it simple, stupid. And here's the problem, is that they allow the coaches to determine what's going on. I just read a thing about college basketball, right? And, and the, uh, the rules committees that convene every other year, so they don't do it year by year, which is good. But every other year, they can change rules. You got a bunch of coaches sitting on that committee. So what do you get? You get a bunch of rules that are perplexing to fans because they are just that complicated. That doesn't service anybody. All right, these are games, like if you're going to charge people to watch the games, and if you're going to charge networks a lot of money to carry the games, you've got to make them fan-friendly, all right? There should be fans who, not they're not in charge of making the rules ever, ever, ever. But you could have friend, fans in there who say, what the hell does that mean? What are you talking about? Explain this to me. And if it can't be explained really, really quickly and easily, then you scrap the idea. 
And it's that simple. They don't have officials. They have one official in the room on that rules committee helping make changes so the game becomes more palatable for fans, more fun to play, easier to coach, more fun to coach, all of that stuff. I think you ought to have a lot of referees on that committee to say, here's what needs to happen. Here's where, here's where the game gets bogged down so that they're not, coaches exercise what's good for them, not necessarily what's good for the game. So I, I'd really like to see some referees get Boborowski on that meeting, I, you know, in, in those meetings, because Bo doesn't have enough to do. Bo does like 16 games a day. You watch a Big Ten game, Bo's doing it. Bo is going to do the uh, Purdue game tonight and then drive down to Terre Haute and do the Indiana State game, and then tomorrow morning he's going to officiate a practice up in Chicago for Northwestern, and then he's back down to Bloomington Thursday night to do the Michigan State game. He's doing like six games a day. You can't watch college basketball without seeing Bo Borowski as an official during a game. Anyway, things are too complicated. we got to make them easy. Here's a way to make it easy. You want a fix? I'll give you a fix. Get rid of replay. Replay does not help. What replay has mandated is that we get very, very black and white as to what something is. There is no gray area, all right, because it can't be accommodated with replay. What's a catch? What's not a catch? This specifically is a catch. You secure the ball, you make an athletic move, and whatever it is, right? Because that can be seen on replay, and you can say, yes, the criteria for a catch were met. There it is. That's what's happened with replay. You can't say, well, he had control of the ball before he went to the ground or before he went out of bounds and had two feet in. All right? It's not that anymore. It's not just control of the ball. It's control of the ball plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this, and then that equals a catch. What's pass interference? Jeez. We have no idea what pass interference is anymore. We used to have a pretty good idea when a defensive player made contact before the arrival of the ball with the receiver, that was pass interference unless the guy was going for the ball. It was very simple. This is anything but simple. There is no simplicity to the pass interference, offensive or defensive pass interference rules in the NFL. None. Nothing simple about it because now it's reviewable. Same thing with basketball, for God's sake. Now you can challenge foul calls. What in the sweet hell are we doing? What does replay accomplish? We've watched enough football and enough basketball and enough baseball to know that replay does not definitively determine the result of the play. That as officials watch the replay, many times the official who's employed by the network and is, is the analyst for officiating disagrees completely. We used to see on Mike Carey was an official in the NBA forever, really, really long time. Then he became the officiating, uh, officiating analyst for CBS. Jim Nance had throw to Mike Carey. Mike Carey, what do you think? Mike Carey and the official on the field disagreed almost every time. And what Mike Carey did was reveal that he doesn't know what the rules are, and he was a referee in the NFL forever. No more replay of any kind. If you want to make it like clock stuff, 
I guess you can do that, but I really don't give a damn about that either. If it's a tenth of a second here, three tenths of a second there, what the hell's the difference? It all evens out in the end. These are meaningless games for the love of God. If you bet on them, you do that at your own peril. Instant replay is just an abomination, I think, on the spirit of sport. And it's completely unnecessary. It delays the games needlessly, and it should be abolished. But that makes way too much sense for people. We stopped doing things that made sense just because it made sense. There's got to be a great reason to do it. There's got to be a practical reason to do it. There's no practical reason to have replay. So there must not be a reason to abolish it. We, we've jumped into the water. We're going to get it. You know what? Once you're in, you're wet, and that's the way it goes. We are wet with replay, and that is not a good place for us to be. As sports fans, as people who coach, people who referee, people who watch, We are all miserable because of instant replay, and nobody's better for it. That's Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, January 21st, 2020, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Tune in tomorrow on Facebook Live at 8 a.m., straight up at 8. We do uh, Breakfast with Kent. We're talking about sports. That's what we do all day long. Then we do it on Periscope Live, which is also Twitter, available on my Twitter feed, at Kent Sterling. That is at about 8.15. And if you get tired uh, in, in the meantime, you, get, you want a little Kent in the meantime, you can buy Oops, the audiobook, the ebook, the hardcover book. Buy Oops, the art of learning from mistakes and adventures. It's available at Amazon.com. Just search Kent Sterling at Amazon and up the yellow and red cover pops. Buy it, 37 chapters. I promise each of those chapters is consumable during the average poop. So it's oops for your poops. Uh, get them at Amazon.com. And as always, we're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, 317-849-2933.